The following audio is from Life Centre Church. For more information, please visit lifecentrechurch.com.au. How are you doing this morning? Wow. I'm not going to ask you again because I think that's cheap, but um, maybe next time. Uh, actually, no, let's do it. How are we doing this morning? You're a little bit better. Well done. Uh, well, for those who don't know me, my name is Shane. I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here at LCC North Lakes. I also have the privilege of preaching this morning as we continue our series that we've been in for roughly about 11 weeks now, looking at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, arguably the greatest sermon ever preached by Christ himself. And we've covered a lot of things over the last 11 weeks, looking at the kingdom of God, what it's to be like, but also the characteristics of those that inherit the kingdom. And so this morning, we're going to look at a passage from Matthew 6 that we just heard, this well-known passage often referred to as the Lord's Prayer. And if you've been a Christian for five minutes, or like me, you grew up in a Catholic school or or a Christian home or whatever it is, uh, you would have heard, probably heard of the Lord's Prayer or really the Lord's Prayer said and uh, displayed or uh, recited like it is often done when I went to school. And so... The plan this morning really is to look at this prayer, try and understand what is Jesus teaching us in and through this prayer, and then I want to give us a phrase that I think is ultimately going to help us in our prayer lives, to to pray more and to be more faithful and persistent in that prayer life. And then what I want to do is actually spend a little bit of time at the end of the service praying, because I think one of the greatest ways that we can learn to pray is to actually pray. And so what I'm going to do now is that. I'm going to pray. And I've said this a few times, but there is a being out there who is amazing. He is mighty. He was big. He is the creator of all things. He created the cosmos and everything in it. He created you and me. He created our DNA that makes us us. He created love and consciousness in our minds and everything we see and everything that we don't see. And this creator God, we know as God. And he isn't just a creator. He's the sustainer. He holds everything together. He gives us our breath. Every breath that we breathe in is a gift from Him. And what I'm about to do right now is talk to that God. And this is the crazy thing. He's actually going to listen. And what's crazier than that is He actually invites us in to do that and desires that we come to Him and pray and speak to Him. And so would you do that with me right now? Let's talk to this amazing, powerful God. Father, we come to you this morning and we thank you for who you are, that you are big and powerful, but you're also kind and loving and personal. And so, Holy Spirit, would you teach us this morning how to pray more faithfully? Would you open our eyes and our hearts to hear what you have to say through your word as Christ teaches us what to pray for and how we should pray? And ultimately, would we leave a people more excited, more motivated, more confident in our prayer life? And so we thank you for all that you are going to do this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So I need some honesty from you guys this morning. It's fine because we're all going to be honest and we're probably all going to have the same answer. Uh, But if you're a Christian here, I just need you to put your hand up if you think that you ought to pray, right? If you're a Christian here, you know that you need to pray, right? Wow, I thought more hands would go up, right? Like, keep your hands up. If you're a Christian, you know you need to pray, right? Yeah, like, look around everyone. And now I want you to keep your hand up if you wish you prayed more. That's funny because more hands went up than that. <laughs> I didn't know I need to pray, but I wish I prayed more, right? And so, no, like, keep your hand up like, and look around the room. And so, like, why is this, right? Yeah, Cruz, you put your hand down. Like, why is this? 
that we know as Christians we ought to pray or we should pray or more so we need to pray and yet that 99% of us said, I wish I prayed more. I wish I had a more persistent and constant and faithful prayer life. Like why is that? Why is prayer so hard? Why do we struggle to pray as we want to pray, as we desire to pray and as the Bible calls us to pray? And I think there are many reasons why this is, many physical and spiritual reasons, because prayer is a spiritual battle. There are many reasons our inability to hold attention longer than 13 seconds, or maybe our self-inflicted, chaotically busy lives tells us we just don't have time to pray. Or maybe it's the fact that we think that we're actually on the throne, on the throne and we don't need to pray. Like There are a lot of reasons, I think, that we struggle to pray consistently and persistently, and really just to pray in general. And whilst I would love this morning to try and cover as many of these as possible, I think the text leads us towards one of the main reasons I think that we struggle to pray as Christians, and that's we just actually have no idea what to pray for. Like sometimes we sit down and we just don't know what to say. Like when things are going wrong, yeah, absolutely, we know what to pray. Lord, something's going wrong, can you fix it? And then we read passages like 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 17, which says, rejoice always and pray without ceasing. And we go, whoa, hold up. Pray without ceasing? Like, how is that possible? There's no way I could do that. I've got about 30 seconds in me worth of prayer. Like, if we're honest this morning and we sat down and we decided to just actually spend some time praying, most of us have about three to five minutes worth of prayer. And then we either get distracted or we don't know what else to pray for, Right? And so the plan this morning is Jesus gives us this kind of blueprint of what we should pray for, of how we should come to prayer. And I want to acknowledge one thing before we get into this this morning, that no matter how good we get at this, all of us can always pray more. Because prayer is not just some box in Christianity that we can tick. And what I don't want to do this morning is turn prayer into just some spiritual discipline to conquer. Because that's not what prayer is. I don't want to get up here and just tell us, hey, you need to pray because we know we ought to pray. Prayer is first and foremost and fundamentally union and communion with Christ. It is walking with Jesus in relationship, talking to Jesus, opening his word, hearing his voice through the living word and then responding to that. That's what prayer is. Fundamentally just communion with Jesus, communion with Christ. And so I don't want to get up here this morning and tell us, hey, you should be praying. Why aren't you praying? Come on, Christians, let's, let's pray. Because I don't think that's helpful. Because we just said we know we need to pray, and yet we don't. And we all wish we prayed more. And so I do not want to pile on guilt and shame this morning when it comes to prayer, because that is not helpful, and that is not of the Lord. And so the aim this morning is going to be to build us up, to encourage us in our prayer, that we might leave as people more excited, more motivated, more passionate, more confident in our walks with Jesus, in our communion with Christ. That we might go, oh, that's what prayer is. I can do that. Oh, that's what I should be praying. Yeah, great. I've got so much to pray for about that. And so that is the aim this morning. And so we're going to spend a bit of time just going through the Lord's Prayer, just each element at a time. We're not going to spend long here because you can go back and you can read this at a later day. And I would love to actually just spend some time praying at the end. But we're going to move through this real quickly. So let's read again from verse 9. Pray then like this, 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And so really, I want to argue what we see here in this prayer and what we see in every prayer is just two things. There's praise and there's petition. We praise God for who he is, his character, his nature, what he has done, and then we petition him. We come to him, we ask things from him. And normally from this praise and petition, we are led into confession. And then as we confess our sins, we know that we are forgiven by the blood of the Lamb. And so we praise God again that we are forgiven. And then we're confronted by a holy God. And so we come to him, we go, you're all powerful. And so we petition things of him. And then as we're confronted by an all-powerful, all-holy God, we see our sin and so we confess our sin. And then we praise him again because we know we're forgiven in Christ. So what we're going to see in this is really just praise and petition that leads to confession. And that's all prayer really. So if you leave this morning and you learn nothing, I'd love you just to remember this. That all you've got to do to, to, to pray is just to praise God for who he is and petition things from him. But let's get into a few more specific things. It starts off with praising God. It starts with this term, our Father, right? Our Father. And the rest of this prayer is fundamentally going to be based on the fact of whether we believe this or not, whether we believe that God is our Father or not. It really sets the surface for everything else. So if we, if we grasp that God is our Father, we are able to pray the rest of this prayer. And so some would argue that this is, was kind of foreign to the Jewish audience, but it actually wasn't that foreign as God being Father. But to them, God was Father of all things. He was Father of creation. And then Jesus comes along and goes, no, 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 no. He is that, but he is also our Father, his Dad. And then this was the radical, crazy statement that Jesus introduced here in this prayer. That the, the God of the universe, the Father of all things, is actually our Father too. Our Dad, a close, personal, intimate God. And whilst it makes me feel extremely uncomfortable when, pre, when people pray, Dear Daddy, I think for some of us, we need to do that in order to grasp the closeness and the depth of that relationship we have. For some of us this week, you might need to go to God and go, this feels really weird, but hey, daddy. Like, like even saying that, yeah, it, it's, it's uncomfortable, it's awkward, but that is what determines the depth of that relationship. Because the depth of our relationship really determines the depth of our conversation. The depth of our relationship we have with others and with people determines the depth of our conversation. And we know this. If you've ever met someone new, even this morning, if you met someone new in church, it's just small talk. The conversation is this deep because the relationship is this deep. And it comes the same when it becomes requests. So if you meet someone on the street, right, you could ask them maybe for the time. Like, that's an okay request based on the depth of your relationship. Hey, what's the time? You probably couldn't ask them for a kidney. Right? Just, you're just not going to get it because there's no depth of relationship there. But you go to a family member and you say, hey, can I have a kidney? And they're probably still going to say no. But the depth of your relationship determines the depth of your conversation. And so Jesus is saying, hey, we had to come to God as our Father. This deep relationship, this intimate relationship, this personal relationship, and then bring our requests to Him and our conversations to Him, knowing that that is first and fundamentally our relationship as son and daughter. Because we have been given a spirit of adoption in which we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy. And so I want to encourage some of us this morning and this week in your prayers, try to start with that. If you can't do Daddy, just try Dad. 
I can do dad. Dad's fine. But we need to grasp that our relationship with God is not just creator and created. Whilst that is true, it is father and son, father and daughter. And so we are to come to him as our father. And then Jesus says, in heaven, our father in heaven, because we need to make this distinction here, because he is unlike our earthly fathers. Some of us in here, we don't have the best relationship with our earthly fathers. And so Jesus makes this distinction. He says, hey, he is your father, but he is in heaven. And he's saying he is sovereign over all things. And in heaven here isn't a place. It's this idea that he is everywhere all the time. And so he is all powerful, all wise, all glorious, all loving. He is perfect and perfectly holy. And so while you might have the best father in the world, like my son Atlas does, he is unlike us. God is so far set apart from us that we can't even imagine. And so we can come to him as father, knowing that he is sovereign over all. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-glorious, all-magnificent, kind and gentle forever. And so we are to come to God, our Father who is in heaven. And then we get this term, hallowed be your name, or hallowed be your name, depends if you want to pronounce it correct or not. And so it's this idea that, we don't obviously hear this in the English, but it's the idea of that God's name is holy and set apart and glorious and magnificent. And this statement, hallowed be your name, is both a declaration and a request. It's a declaration that, yes, God, your name is above every other name. Your name is holy and set apart. There is no other name under heaven. As we sung, as we heard this morning, that every knee shall bow to this name. But it's also a request. Hey God, let your name be hallowed in my life. Let your name be the name above everything in my heart and in the hearts around us. Would you come and put yourself back on the throne where you belong? And so our prayer lives should be like this. We should come to God as our Father, all sovereign, all powerful. And ask that his name be hallowed in our life. His name be set apart in our life. That all our eyes should be focused on him. And then we turn to petition. It says, your kingdom come. And I know we're moving quickly through this. But like I said, we can go back and read this again. But your kingdom come. It's this idea that Jesus' rule and reign would be evident in our midst right now. That Jesus would have dominion over our lives and the lives around us in the world that we see. That God's kingdom would break in more and more as it has done. Jesus has come and said, hey, my kingdom is at hand. And we live in this period, the now and not yet kingdom. And so everything that we have heard and read about over the last 11 weeks, this is the prayer that, hey, we want to see more of that. We want to see more of these beatitudes evident in the lives of believers. Lord, would your kingdom break into this situation? Would people respond to the gospel and we welcomed into that kingdom? And this is what Jesus is saying. We are to pray, your kingdom come. Lord, would your rule be evident in our lives and the lives around us? And so when we pray, we should pray for this. We should pray that we see God's kingdom move in our midst. We see the work of the gospel transform our hearts and the hearts around us. And then he moves on to God give us our daily bread. And so sometimes we can think as Christians um, that our prayers should be all about us, and they shouldn't. Our prayers should be all about God getting to understand who he is, know who he is. But there is an element that we are to come to God and ask for stuff. And he says, come, ask me for your daily bread. This idea that we are to go to God and ask him for the things that we need to continue to live faithful lives for him. 
Things like clothing, like shelter, like uh, food, water. We're to come and to ask God for all these things that we need to live faithful as children of the kingdom, as citizens of heaven here and now on the earth. But I want to argue it's okay to also come to God and ask for things that you want. I think an overreaction to maybe the prosperity gospel and some of this false teaching is we shouldn't pray for things that God hasn't promised. We shouldn't pray for things that we want, and I don't think that's true. Several times in the gospel, Jesus asked his disciples, what do you want? What do you want? And so I think it's okay to come to God and ask for things that we want. But it's because of the line before. We are to pray, God, your will be done. And so when we pray for our daily bread, we ask for the things that we need from God. We ask for the things that we want from God. Blessing and favor, that's okay. But first we need to pray, your will be done. And so when we pray your will be done, what we're saying here is we are surrendering our lives to you. Not my will, Lord, your will be done. Why? And I want to argue we can only ever pray your will be done if we grasp the first part of this prayer, that God is our Father. When we know that he is our good and loving Father who is sovereign over all things, knows all things, then we can trust him enough to go, yeah, you're right, Lord, your will be done, not mine. Your will be done in this situation, not mine. And so we can still come to God and ask of things of him. Petition him for things that we desire in our lives, things we need in our lives, knowing that we have prayed, your will be done, God, not mine. Because for most of us, our prayer lives are just about us. What we need in this moment, help me overcome this situation, help me with this, Lord. When really, when we pray, it needs to be solely based on God's will being done and not ours. And the more time we spend praying, the more time we spend walking with Jesus, the more our hearts will be transformed and in line to his will. And so we pray, God, you are Father. You are sovereign over all. Would your kingdom come into this world? We see it in our midst. Would your will be done in my life and the lives around us? And then we can say, give us our daily bread. Lord, can we have these things? And then he moves on to forgive us our trespasses. Or forgive us our debts, forgive us our sins, depending on what translation you have, as we forgive others. And we pray this because not that we're not going to be saved. We know we have been saved by the grace of God. Because what Christ has done on the cross, Jesus is saying, hey, we are to come because there is a broken relationship that is caused by sin. And so one part of this is understanding that, that we daily need a Savior that we daily need to come to God and confess our sins, not in order that we might be saved every day, because our, our sins have been forgiven, past, present, and future. All our sins have been forgiven on the cross. But I think it's an amazing practice for us to come and confess our sins to Jesus every day, reminding that we are in need of someone. We are in need of Him, the only one who can forgive us our sins. And as we allow that forgiveness to wash over us, the forgiveness we know we have because of the blood of the Lamb, we're then empowered to then go and forgive others. And so our prayers should be, God, come and forgive me of my sins. I've sinned this week. I've fallen short of your glory. Forgive me. And then we praise Him because we know we are forgiven. And then we are empowered then to go and forgive others because we just remembered how much we have been forgiven. 
And then we get to this last part. He says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's this request to God to lead us away from temptation. This isn't a prayer, God, stop tempting me, because we know that God doesn't tempt us. You see that in, first, in James 1, right? God doesn't tempt us. In fact, God's plan is to make us holy as he is holy. And so this prayer is not, God, stop tempting me. It's, God, would you lead me in the way of righteousness? Would you lead me in the way of holiness? Would you make me more like your son, Jesus? Would you send your spirit to continue to work in me, sanctifying me? I'm being tempted from these angles. God, would you help me keep my eyes fixed on you, away from the sin that so easily entangles us? And then would you deliver us from evil? Would you deliver me from the power of sin over my life? And so for all of us, there is a sin that we know we keep falling back into. We sin every day. And for some of us, it's the same thing. For some of us, it's different things. But our prayer should be revolved around, God, would you lead me away from that? Would you kill sin in my life? For some of us, that's our prayer. Would you help me hate sin more? Because there are some in here this morning that we just don't hate sin enough. And so we need to ask God, hey, would you come? Would you help me just to hate and detest things that aren't of you? And would your spirit continue to sanctify me? to make me more like Jesus. Lead me away from the things that tempt us and lead me down the path of righteousness and holiness. And so this is pretty much what we have to pray for. These categories, they're up on the screen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. We forgive others and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And now I know there's a lot of things there that might seem overwhelming, but I want to pick up one thing that I think is throughout this whole thing that this prayer is both corporate and communal. Our Father, our daily bread, forgive us of our sins. The Lord's Prayer is meant to be a family prayer. We pray together, enjoyed together. We are to encourage one another in our prayer lives because our faith is not a private faith. Like we said, it's a personal faith, but not a private faith. And so we are to encourage each other in prayer. Hey, how's your time in communion with Jesus this week? We are to pray for and with one another regularly as we edify the body. We are to pray for our kids, pray for our spouses, pray with our kids, pray with our spouses, pray with our family members, pray with our church. And then as we look at this prayer, I want to argue that this is just a formula or a blueprint for prayer. This isn't a pray this way exactly or else. And so as we come to prayer, we don't have to do it in this exact order or else God's not going to listen to us. So he's not going to be like, hey, Lord, like I've been struggling this week. Actually, I would love if you could do this for me. God's not like, oh, you didn't start with saying how great I am. Sorry, I'm not going to listen. Like, that's not what God's like. He's not going to do that. Or if we come to God and say, hey, would you forgive me of this sin? And he goes, I will, but first I've got to give you your daily bread. Like, right, God isn't like that. And so this is a formula and bl- blueprint of how we are to pray. So when we're struggling with ideas of what to pray for, Let's come back to this prayer. Reminder that we are to enter into prayer knowing that God is our Father in heaven, all loving, all powerful, sovereign over all. We're to ask that his kingdom would break into the situation that we're facing, that his will would be done, even though our desires might not match that, but his will would be done. And then we petition, we ask him again and again for things, again and again. Because God desires that we talk to him, that we come to him, that we ask things from him, He says, ask me again and again. Ask me again. Ask me that one more time. Ask me again. Children, if you're in here and your father says, ask me that one more time, 
probably don't ask him one more time, right? But when God says, ask me one more time, it's not a threat, it's an invitation. It's a beautiful invitation to come and again realize that we're in need of the sovereign God above all things who desires to be in communion with us. And so we come to God again and again and again, and there are people in here this morning who have been praying for things for a long time. And I want to encourage you, keep praying. Keep praying. Keep asking God for that thing. Keep petitioning God for that thing. He doesn't get annoyed. He doesn't get bugged. He desires that you keep coming and coming. So keep praying, faithfully praying, asking for that thing, and then knowing that His will will be done, not ours. And then lastly, let's finish with this phrase that I think has been super helpful for my life, my prayer walk, to make it look more like a relationship than a chore and to help me pray more consistently, especially when I don't know what to pray. And this is the phrase, and I stole it from somewhere else. It's just, pray what you got. Pray what you got. Just, just pray what you got. When you stop and you have no idea what to pray for, just pray what you got. And for some of us, what we got is a lot a deep faith rooted and grounded in the Word of God. And so we pray from that place. Our wills are aligned with God's ones. We pray for things. We pray for things as we read Scripture. And for some of us, what we got ain't a lot. But that should not lead us to not pray. I want to encourage us. Let's just pray what we got this morning. Let's just pray what we got. And, and that might be, hey, Lord, um, Shane just said, I've got to pray what I got, and this is what I got. Amen. Great, that's a prayer. And that's more than some of us did today. And so what we're going to do in this moment is we're going to walk together through the Lord's Prayer again. And I just want you to pray what you got. We're going to look at our Father first in heaven. And I just want us to, we're going to close our eyes, we're going to bow our heads, and I just, I just want you to pray what you got. Like whatever, whatever you have in your heart. Because God desires that we come to Him and talk to Him. It doesn't, he doesn't care about our words doesn't care about how elegant our speech is or our theological terms that we use. And so we shouldn't care either. Jesus says, don't be like the Pharisees that stood on the corner and shouted and prayed and just babbled off whatever words they said because they thought it made them look good. Jesus doesn't care about those things. He cares about the sincerity of your heart. And so when we talk to God, we just, kind of just pray what you got. Because the more we pray what we got, the more that we will grow in our relationship with Christ, the more deeper our prayers will become, and then the more we will have to be able to pray from. And so I'll just ask right now that we would close our eyes, bow your heads if that's what you want to do. Nowhere in the Bible does it say we have to do that. But it's just this idea that we just need to block out all distractions. Maybe it helps by focusing on a picture or something in your mind of God the Father. And we are just going to pray what we got. And so first one, our Father. Maybe for you this is thinking about God actually being your Father and not just this distant being out there, but a close and intimate Dad. Maybe that's you telling God, I feel uncomfortable calling you Daddy, but help me to see that. And so we're going to spend 30 seconds now just praying what you got as God being your Father. And then God is our Father in heaven. 
So he is sovereign over all things. He is wise and powerful. And so we take a moment to think about situations in our lives where we're struggling, maybe doubts. And just know that God is in that because he's everywhere. He's in that moment of your struggle, in your pain, your suffering. And so let's just spend 30 seconds praying what we got. That God is in heaven above all, sovereign king. Hallowed be your name. That great is God's name in this world. Maybe it's, this is a prayer coming back to God and reminding yourself, yes, God, actually you do sit on the throne. You are powerful above all things. Or maybe for you, this is a petition. God, would you be number one in my life? Would your name be above all things in my life? So just spend a couple minutes now praying that God's name be hallowed in our lives and the lives around us, in this church, in this world. And we pray that your kingdom come. God, would your kingdom break in to our situation? Would we see people respond to your gospel, become citizens of your kingdom? Would we see you be put back on the throne as king? Would we see your rule and reign in our society, in our governments, in this world, in our church, and in our lives individually? So we're just going to spend some time now praying that God's kingdom would come and just Pray what you got. And then we're going to pray what your will be done on earth as it is in heaven that there are situations we're facing that we're desiring things of God, whether it's work, school, whatever's going on in our lives, would you pray, God, your will be done, not me. As As Jesus has modeled this perfectly in the Garden of Gethsemane, he asked the Lord, take this cup from me. He said, not my will be done, but yours. And so even though we're gonna ask God for our daily bread, let's first pray this prayer then, God, your will be done. Now we're going to come to God and ask for our daily bread. Let's pray for things that we need to continue to live as faithful Christians in this world. And then also pray for things that you want. Favor, blessing. It's okay to ask the Lord because we just prayed, your will, not mine. But come to him. Be specific. Ask for specific things from God. We don't have to be generalist. Be specific in what you desire, what you need in this moment. And also pray for others now as well. Give us our daily bread. Pray for a brother or sister that you know needs something for God to move in their lives. So let's spend some time now just praying what you got.
And now we're just going to confess some things to the Lord. I said, forgive us our debts. Maybe this is a thank you, Lord, that you have forgiven my debts. Maybe this is a confession of that specific sin that you know that you keep falling back into. God, would you forgive me again for this? Would you forgive me again for this? And then maybe there's a situation in your life where you know that there is a relationship that needs to be reconciled. Maybe this for you is a, Lord, would you help me to forgive those around me? I'm just going to pray for a couple of minutes. And then lastly, we're going to ask God to lead us away from temptation, away from those sins that we keep falling into. We're going to ask the Lord to continue to put a deep hatred in our heart for the sin in our lives and a desire to fight back evil and become more holy and righteous. And so let's pray right now that God would do that through the power of His Spirit, continue to sanctify us, to finish what He promised He would in our lives and be specific in those sins specific with those temptations and believe that he will do it. Just pray what you got. Amen. Like, great. Guys, we just prayed for 10 minutes. Like, awesome. That's probably the most some of us have prayed all week. Like, that wasn't that hard, was it? And that's wonderful. And so I want to encourage us as a church to continue to do this. And the band's going to come up now, and I'm almost finished. But I just want to set us a challenge for this week. And we're going to set the bar very, very low, all right? So six times a day, what I need, no, twice a week. Just two times this week. I would encourage you to do one tomorrow so it's fresh. And then one when you remember, maybe Saturday night, oh, Shane said twice. Right. Just two times this week. Super simple. Open up this text again and spend five minutes. Just five minutes. Praying what you got. Going back through like we just did and just... Pray what you got. And this could be, our Father, oh Lord, I totally forgot what Shane said. You are Father. Amen. Great. Just pray what you got. Just two times. Just 10 minutes all week. Just give to the Lord in prayer. And maybe some of you in this room, and you, you love prayer. You pray often and boldly. Would you spend those two, five minutes praying this for our church? Praying through this prayer that Jesus gives us for, all, for those in this body for our brothers and sisters, all those that call God Father. Two times, 10 minutes. That's less time than you spent scrolling on your phone before you got out of bed. Just 10 minutes. Can we do that? Awesome. Because imagine what's going to happen if we become a church that spends more time on our knees than anything else. Because this is what the world needs for praying Christians. Not playing Christians, not performing Christians, but praying Christians. 
Christians who spend time pleading to the Lord to do what only He can do. It's what our relationships need. It's what our marriage needs. It's what our kids need. It's what this church needs. It's what our world needs. It's what our neighbors need. It's Christians that pray. And so would we be that? And would we see God move as we pray expectantly? So let's pray. God, I thank you that we can come to you as our Father, as our good and kind and loving Father. But unlike our earthly fathers, you are high and lifted up. You are sovereign over all things. You are powerful and mighty and loving and holy and set apart and hallowed be your name. Lord, would that be true in our church, in our world, and in our lives individually? Lord, would your kingdom come? Would we see your kingdom break through? Everything that we've read and heard over the last 11 weeks as we're looking at this Sermon on the Mount, would we see that evident in this church and in our midst? Would we become more and more like Jesus, having him as the king over all things? And would your will be done in our lives, God? Would you continue to align our wheels with yours? As we come to you, would you help us to see what your will is and ultimately pray that your will be done in this situation? As we come and say, Lord, would you open this door? Would you do this? Would you give me this, Lord? Ultimately, would your will be done in our lives? And we're going to trust you because you're working all things for your glory and our good because we know you're our good, good Father. And so would you give us our daily bread, Lord? Would you give us the things we need to survive, to be faithful Christians and also the desires of our hearts? And Lord, we thank you for when you don't give us what we prayed for. When we get a no to the prayers that we have been persisting in, because we know that you are sovereign over all. You see what we can't see. And so we thank you for that. You're a good God. And Lord, would you help us to forgive those around us when we sin, because we know how much we have been forgiven because of you. And so we thank you again for the forgiveness that has been purchased for us on the cross by Christ. Lord, would you help us to confess our sins daily to you, remembering that we are in need of a Savior every single day. And then thank you that we have been fully and freely forever forgiven because of the blood of the Lamb. And then, Lord, would you continue to lead us away from the temptation, the, the evil desires of our hearts, the fleshly desires. Would you lead us away from the sin that tempts us, that entangles us, and lead us down the path of righteousness and holiness, making us more like your son, Jesus. We thank you that you love us and that all of us in here can call you dad. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Life Centre Church located in North Lakes. We exist to make, mature and multiply disciples in communities that depend upon, declare and display the gospel of Jesus Christ in all of life. If you would like more information about us, please visit lifecentrechurch.com.au. We provide our podcasts free of charge. Please feel free to download the content and share it with others but please do not edit or alter the content in any way without the written permission from the leadership of LCC.